welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast about podcasting, where I talk to other podcasters about the podcasts. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and uh, you can find Show Me Your Mic on goodstuff.fm slash smym, and on Twitter at smym underscore fm. For this episode, I've got James Parkinson, who hosts The A-League Show, a podcast covering the Australian top professional football soccer here in North America league. We chat about setting up interviews with sports personalities, recording on location, and the importance of listening to your own podcast. Speaking of which... I recorded this interview at a different time than usual, and as a result, you may hear my wonderful kids occasionally in the background. The home studio isn't quite soundproofed yet, so apologies in advance. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and A Small Orange for supporting this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little later on the show. For now, here's my conversation with James. Cool, nice looking microphone in your Twitter. Thank you. Bio. <laughs> it's the uh, it's <laughs> it's the other uh, Procaster, the Rode Procaster. Nice. So good Aussie, uh, good Aussie brand. Is that is that a fact? Rode, Rode mics or, or Australian? They are Rode's Australian, um, out of Byron Bay in New South Wales. So, what? um, yeah, pretty big company. Started oh, a long time ago now, but um, yeah, known all around the world. So, um, yeah. it's good to you know represent. <laughs> That's hilarious. My, I don't know how much you listen to anything else I do, but my brother in law is actually in by or he was in Byron Bay they're near Brisbane now somewhere in between Byron and Brisbane and I okay. got him hooked onto podcasting so we do a show called Lost and Lemon here on Good Stuff and he's actually in the um course of packing up and moving back to Canada in June here but he's been there for 15 years and uh so I had no idea and I've actually been to Byron twice I've had no idea that road was like oh, right. right there. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think they've got a factory there, and it's all yeah, it's all manufactured here in Australia. So, oh, which nice. is pretty incredible considering these days where you know everything's made overseas and things like that. So, right. yeah, they do a pretty good job. That's hilarious. That's too bad. I missed a chance to go check out a podcasting factory of some sort. Or <laughs> Mike, not podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. It'd be cool if they had tours and stuff. I've never even been to um Byron Bay myself, but um, yeah, it'd be cool to check out. Because where are you in relation? You're on. Uh, I'm on the east coast. Oh, east. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yep. So I'm. Well, uh, I was. I'm from Melbourne, and I recently moved a few months ago, uh, about four hours out of Melbourne, to a rural, a rural town uh, called Hamilton. So I recently got a job in radio, uh, my first job in the industry, and I moved out here to uh, kind of start out that. So um, yeah. And was that a, a connection from podcasting that you like the job, the radio job, or just happened? By just because you're no, um, yeah, it's, it's I actually studied audio engineering, um, several years ago now, and so that's my qualification. Um, so I'm a producer there, so I produce all the ads, um, the commercial producer, and I do a bit of on air stuff as well. Um, so it's it's kind of an industry which I've always wanted to work in, and I thought you know, I've been trying to get into it for some time, um, to kind of you know, use my actual my skills and my qualifications, um, so. Managed to uh, push my way in eventually and you kind of starting out, you know, you, you generally start out uh, in those rural towns and then work your way back to back to the city. So that's my goal. Um, but obviously, yeah, podcasting has been a passion of mine for a long time. And um, I'm finding now that, uh, you know, I'm doing what I enjoy uh, every day and then I come home and, you know, I've got to produce a show and it uh, can be a bit challenging sometimes. So I'm kind of <laughs> going through those, those stages now where, you know, I'm producing commercials all day. Then I come home and I've got to sit in front of a computer and, um, you know, produce my own show. So, um, yeah, it gets pretty demanding, but, uh, you know, really enjoying it. So 
Yeah. Okay. We'll get to your show in a second, but just going back, I guess, to what, what got you into podcasting originally? Um, I just, I was a listener really like, mm. like a lot of people. Um, I think one of the first, the first couple of shows I listened to, um, a big soccer show called, uh, football weekly from, uh, the guardian. Um, that was one of the first shows I listened to. And then another one, which is kind of showing my, uh, my geekiness here, um, is a uh, Mugglecast, which is a, a Harry, Harry Potter podcast. So that was kind of my introductory into, uh, into podcasting. I was like, wow, this is a, a crazy medium. People could just, um, you know, sit on a microphone and, and, uh, and talk for, you know, however long and, um, say what they want. And it was just this kind of, um, new thing. And it was, yeah, it was really amazing. So, uh, with my, um, fascination with audio and, and all of that, um, that kind of eventually led to me, you know, creating my own show. And I was like, well, what are my interests? Um, I love soccer. So that was kind of a natural progression for me. And so is the A-League show, is that your, was that your first sort of official podcast that you got out or started? It wasn't actually. Um, I started one probably a year or year and a half before that. Uh, it was called Victory Cast. Um, Melbourne Victory are one of the teams here uh, based in Melbourne. And um, it was basically, yeah, it was a club podcast just for them. So uh, that went for, yeah, about a year, about a year and a half. And it did okay. Had a small audience, um, got decent downloads, but that was actually uh, in conjunction with a, a blog that I was writing about the team and, uh, you know, added a podcast because it was something I was looking into doing. And, you know, that's a, that was just kind of the, the natural step for me. And then that blog, actually, I cut that off and kind of died. Didn't really have uh, the time for it anymore. And I wanted to focus more on the audio side of things rather than the writing side, which is not my, my forte. So um, that, uh, that show eventually went away and I thought, well, I want to do something that's still related to soccer. So I thought, why not do a show that's about the whole league and then I can attract fans from, you know, fans of every club, not just, not just one club. So, um, and at the time there was really nothing out there. There's a few more out there now. Um, but I basically created a show that, you know, that I wanted to listen to, which wasn't being done. So, um, for those who don't know, the A-League is, is still quite young. It's only about 10 years old. Um, if you want to relate it to, you know, major league soccer in the U S and Canada, um, they've just started their 20th season. Um, so the A-League's in their 10th right now. So it's still, it's still a growing league. Um, the sport's still growing in this country as it is, you know, in North America. So, uh, in that regard, it was something that I wanted to do to help, you know, promote the game and give fans somewhere to, to go to listen to. Cause there's, you know, there's a few radio shows and, and the sport is gaining more popularity now, but, um, you know, it's no, by far, it's not the, the most popular sport in the country. Um, so it's still, you know, gaining traction. So that was my, my goal to, you know, create something that, um, that all fans could listen to. So yeah, it was kind of a natural step. Nice. And is it, um, as far just going a little bit rabbit trail down with the sporting aspect of sure. football over there, is it similar to, I don't follow major league soccer tremendously, but vaguely, you know, is it sort of like local folks and then either stars that are a little bit past their prime kind of thing and sort of that kind of mix? Yeah. Of players? So, yeah. So there's a bit of a mixture. Um, for the first, say five or six years of the league, you had a lot of, um, a lot of older players coming from overseas. They weren't, you know, necessarily the best players that were kind of at the end of their their careers and they weren't really, you know, performing to their best. Um, and that was kind of disappointing from a fan perspective. But um, but in the last, say, three or four years, it's really kind of taken a, a big boost. Um, we've had quite a lot of big stars come over, um, some for a short period of time, some for a couple of seasons. Um, soccer fans will know uh, Alessandro Del Piero, who played for um, Italy 
um, captained Italy in the World Cup and, um, you know, played for Juventus in Europe. So he was a massive player. Um, and him, along with a couple of other big players, came over at the same time a couple of years ago. And that really drawed uh, a lot of attention to the league. Um, and it's really come a long way since then. So there aren't necessarily always big names. Some, there's a couple of big names this season, but, um, you know, few players that people will know worldwide. Um, but apart from that, there's just, in general, there's just quality players coming from overseas. You know, there's kind of players that, um, that maybe aren't be the big names. They might not be the big names, but uh, they definitely are of, of the right quality that we want to see here. So um, the league has a, a policy, basically, where you can have, I think, four or five uh, foreign players in your squad and the rest have to be uh, Australian. So, Okay, um, yeah. so yeah, it's, but it's, it's growing really, really fast and, um, it's, it's really exciting time for, for soccer fans in Australia because the game is just, uh, you know, it's booming at the moment. That's awesome. And, uh, is it something that you're able to actually go watch live as well? Is it close enough? Again, my showing my ignorance of Australian geography, but <laughs> are you near <laughs> enough to be um, able to get to games or is it? Sort yeah, of- well, um, when I moved uh, from Melbourne, that kind of uh, made right. things a bit harder. So I'm about four hours away now. So I do go home uh, occasionally on weekends and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was living in Melbourne, I was going to games every week. Uh, Melbourne Victory are my team, and um, they they have a, they have a really good stadium and you know great set of fans and um, really good atmosphere. So it's a great thing to a great spectacle to go and watch and um yeah i was going to watch games regularly um all the home games basically so um that's that's uh, something i can't do anymore but uh when i do get the chance i uh definitely take it yeah and your so your show getting back to the podcast now your show is about 60 some 66 i want to say i think it was 68 maybe episodes in and yes you've had a mix of looks like again i don't recognize all the names so forgive me but it, mm. a mix of um players on maybe and and also some you know officials and and sort of more on the back or um, behind the scenes kind of folks involved with the league as well is that correct? yeah that's and correct so has that been sort of to, um, the- yeah to get ch- chatting with those kind of folks yeah, so basically, um, the accessibility to to people at clubs here is is generally pretty good, um, depending on how the the media folks want to treat you. Um, so I have a, a decent relationship with some of the the media managers, and I'm always you know requesting things like that. So um, and some the players that I've interviewed have actually just kind of reached out to them on Twitter and things like that, and just said, hey, look, you know, the ones I have spoken to are retired players mostly, um, just to have a one on one chat. So. Basically, with the show, um, the format has changed uh, a little bit in the last, say, three or four months. Um, initially, when the show started in 2012, uh, the initial vision of the show was to have you know three friends sitting around in a room, uh, just talking you know about the league and about re- reviewing games uh, and previewing upcoming games. Um, since I've moved, um, and since you know my friends have just had their own things going on in their lives, um, it's made that more difficult. So. Um, now the show is, is mainly, it's just hosted by me and I get, um, I get friend I get, uh, media personalities and, and things like that and journalists and stuff on to, um, to, to ch- talk about the games basically. So, um, we used to do that anyway. Uh, so basically I'd have the review of the previous weekend's games. Then we'd have a, a, an interview in the middle with the journalist or something and then preview the upcoming games, uh, at the end. So it's basically a three part, um, show. Um, so now the structure is. Um, just one interview, um, and then a, another interview at the end. So, um, it seems seems to work pretty well. Um, listeners have uh, adjusted okay, and I've done that a few times. Um, in the lead up to that kind of changeover, anyway, where I've just it was me, 
uh, for the week and my friends couldn't do the show. So I had to just kind of run with it and, uh, and create something. So, um, but as for the other interviews I've done, um, trying to make that as a, you know, another part to the show where I can bring on, um, former players and just sit down and have a chat with them. And that's what I've done. I've actually gone out to, um, you know, a cafe or, um, wherever they've, they've been hanging out and just, you know, had a chat to them, bring my gear along and uh, sit down for an hour or 45 minutes or whatever it may be and just uh, talk about their careers. Nice. You mentioned earlier media managers and stuff, and, and that's what I think maybe folks who are thinking of starting a podcast might be curious about, like, and, you, and mm. reaching out to players on Twitter and stuff like that, and how accessible and willing, and obviously, you know, sometimes I'm sure you're dealing with folks who are, who are either think they're celebrities or, or actually yeah. are celebrities, <laughs> and so they they think they're above some of this kind of stuff, but how has mm. that been as far as reaching out and, and, you know, how tips, I guess, for connecting with sports personalities and getting them onto a show yeah i mean sometimes people ask me you know how did you get this guy on the show you know um it's just about asking it's really just about asking um the avenue which you do it um however you can get in contact with them if there's an email if they've got their own website with you know a contact detail um if they're on twitter just put it out there and all they can say the worst thing they can say obviously is no so you've just got to ask and then kind of go from there um, I try to present it as I don't lie and say, hey, I'm on radio. I say, you know, it's, it's a podcast. It's an online show. Um, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'd love to have a chat to you. And if you're honest about that and you're just upfront, um, most people are generally, you know, pretty accepting of that and just go, yeah, no worries. So um, the, the media managers that I've had to deal with have been pretty open as well. So last year um, at the start of this current season, I... Um, I sent out a bunch of emails to to all the clubs and just said, look, I'm looking to get this person on the show just for a you know a quick 10, 15 minute interview. So it was basically a preview series um, with various coaches um, and you know backroom staff and, and all that, those kind of things. So um, most of those people were pretty good. I managed to get a, one of the head coaches on, which is a pretty big deal for me. Um, had a good chat to him and a couple of the CEOs and things like that and assistant coaches. So they were pretty open and. Uh, you know, I guess their media managers wouldn't exactly say, oh, it's a podcast. They'd just say, you know, it's a radio interview or something like that. Right. <laughs> and, um, and they would just come on and go, oh, how you going? Whatever. So you'd have a chat and yeah, they were pretty um, accepting of that. So um, they do that kind of thing all the time. So chatting on a phone to someone, you know, on the other line, it doesn't really matter what it's for. Um, if you're professional about it and you treat it uh, professionally as I do, um, they kind of don't really know the difference really. So right. um, most people are pretty open. And one of the biggest interviews I had, um, which was a one-on-one interview, uh, a guy named by the name of Harry Kuehl, who's uh, one of the best Australian players ever, basically. Um, big player for the national team, played for big clubs in Europe, and um, you know, soccer fans worldwide will, will mostly know his name. Um, so basically, I reached out to, um, you know, he's, being a bigger player, um, he's got a bit of a, an entourage and a media team behind him, um, and he's recently started his own uh, soccer academy um, for young kids. So uh, they had a contact number on their website, uh, someone from his management team or something like that. I just sent an email through, say, look, I'd have, I'd love to have a chat to Harry. Um, I'm willing to, you know, make room for, you know, whenever, whatever time suits him. And was just kind of open that way. And, um, and they're like, yeah, sure. You know, no problem. You know, whenever he's next in Melbourne, uh, we can tee something up. So, um, luckily for me, he was, um, running a clinic um, in Melbourne, uh, when I was still living there and, um, went out to the, the training ground and, um, after the training was over, he just came into the, the club room and had a bit of a chat and, um, it was only 
about 10 minutes. That's all he could give at the time. He had another interview, I think, for overseas TV or something like that before that. So um, that's all I could get. But I was just wrapped to have, you know, such a big name on the show. And, um, and that, you know, he was able to give up, uh, you know, a short amount of his time. Yeah, I'm just. I just snuck a peek through your Instagram feed. I happened. That was actually the one I, <laughs> I just clicked on. Right. Of you standing yes. with what I assume is him, and yes. uh, so I guess talk a bit about how you, um, when you're doing the interviews, are you doing them? You you have access now to like radio, possibly I guess, or studio. But would you do some of them over Skype or or those kind of things, or how did you conduct your interviews with them? So the one-on-one interviews, I I like to do in person if I can, and mo- all of those have been. Um, because the people I've wanted to talk to have been in Melbourne, luckily. Um, so I have a, a portable kit, which I take along, um, and, uh, and yeah, get that done. But most of the interviews, uh, weekly on the show, the, the journalists and the TV presenters and, and radio people and things like that, that's all done via Skype. Um, which, which works just fine because, you know, radio listeners are, are used to hearing telephone calls, you know on the, on the radio. So it's, it's, uh, it kind of works out, you know, fine that way. So, um, and I've kind of built up a bit of a network now of, um, of guests. So people that have been on the show several times now, they know me, they know who I am, they know the deal. So, um, I just, you know, send them a, a DM on Twitter or an email and just say, Hey, you know, you're up for the show next week. And they say yes or no. And, um, so that way, yeah, it, it works out fine. And, um, I think it, you know, it works pretty well. Yeah. And you use the, the Skype out, tool, I guess, or account or whatever, you, you buy credits and you can, or maybe it's free in Australia right now. I don't know. It depends on what Skype promotions are running, I guess. But where are you dialing a phone number yeah. from Skype on your end on your computer and then you, um, or that? Most that- of the time, yeah, most of the time it's just Skype to Skype. Um, most people have a Skype account, so I just do it that way. Um, but as for when I did the the interviews with the, the coaches and things like that, um, I was calling their mobile. So yeah, I would just chuck on some Skype credit, you know, 16 bucks or whatever. And um yeah, it's it works out, you know, pretty pretty good for the price. So yeah, um, yeah, and that's what I think. Often people try to, try to make it a little more complicated, and, and there is a reason to have maybe like a, a dedicated dialing in system that you you know like a box that would convert, so you can use a phone line and then it convert it properly yeah. and make it all. But if it's just the odd interview you might do with somebody, then the Skype out out account system is pretty pretty slick and keeps it simple on your mm. end too. I think so. Um, yeah, it does. It, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. Um, it's not the smoothest thing. It does drop out sometimes. You know, we all know the problems with Skype, but um, <laughs> for the most part, yeah, <laughs> touch wood. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, it's 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 pretty reliable, and you know, I haven't had too many issues. The only issues I have had um, have been on my end, um, where something's crashed or something like that. You know, I've lost a file or something. But you know, f- luckily for me, that's that's been very rare. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it works. It, you know, it, it does does the job. Nice. Well, I'm just going to take a quick break to thank a sponsor and then uh, come back. I want to ask you a few questions about, I noticed on your site, you have a media kit and that's something some podcasters maybe have thought about doing and, and just uh, sure. a few questions about that. But I just want to thank uh, Campaign Monitor, actually another Australian co- connection. I think they're based, yeah, they were based in Australia. Um, yeah. But they make it uh, super easy to create, send and optimize email marketing campaigns. You can design beautiful emails in minutes with their easy to use template builder. You can send more relevant emails by displaying content catered to your individual subscribers. And best of all, your emails will look great on any device. They take care of making sure that it's tested on the iPhone 4 and the Android, what's you can call it, and the, et cetera. All the stuff that's out there, all the great devices, they take care of making sure your emails look great. So you don't have to worry about testing it on all of them. It just doesn't get any easier in there than this. You can visit uh, campaignmonitor.com to get started today, sending your own beautiful emails out 
Thanks to them for supporting Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. So on your, yeah, on your site, um, I forget where I found it now, on the About page, I think it was, the, you've got a little yeah. uh, media kit PDF that you basically sort of put together. And just can you tell me, I guess, why and, and how that helps you or or if it does. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, uh, I don't get, you know, people, uh, companies downloading it and saying, hey, we want to sponsor you. But um, it was something that uh, that I thought, you know, would add a little bit more professionalism um, to to the show and just, you know, just to have it there to, you know, if someone did stumble across, then they can uh, they can check that out. Uh, I need to update it, by the way. It's about uh, nearly a year old, uh, <laughs> year old now, I think. But uh, uh, yeah, that was something that, um, that I did put together mainly because I was actually approaching uh, a sponsor. Um, so I wanted to put that together to um, have something to present and to say, look, this is the show. This is what we're all about. Um, we'd love to you know, partner up with you. So I put that up um, on the website following that just to have it there as well. And uh, I got the sponsorship. So it worked pretty well. Um, and our sponsor is uh, a local company in Melbourne. Um, they're a small startup who basically make uh, mobile apps. So they make sport apps. Um, they're called Sportsmate Mobile. And um, they're a great bunch of guys. So one of their apps is an A-League app um, called A-League Live with all, with all like live scores, updates, news, all that kind of stuff, notifications. So um, that was a natural kind of partnership for me. And they were like, yeah, we're, we're up for that. So um, I guess you'd probably want to talk about uh, sponsorship as well. But uh, yeah, that's something that uh, that works really well, I think, for me. Yeah, and I think um, I, I would guess a lot of podcasters who get into this are also web nerds, and so they figure, well, I've got it all on the website. What's the big deal? And and just sort of seeing it, and I've seen other sites or other podcasts that have similar things, like a media kit of some sort. Thinking mm. to, uh, I know discussions I've had with sponsors where they don't like they're not going to necessarily send their whatever CEO or head of marketing or whoever they're trying to you're trying to pitch or they're trying to pitch for you to your website, but they will just email and forward them a PDF that the person might just quickly scan through and say, okay, yeah, it looks good or not. And, you know, it just helps to get mm. your information and the, the correct information, I would guess, you know, like you, you have sort of average downloads and Twitter followers yeah. and stuff. And like you said, it needs to be updated, but yeah, it, get, it helps. I think just to, to think outside of the folks who like us, who pour over every detail of some new podcast and wonder how they're doing stuff. Most folks yeah. don't care. I think, <laughs> yeah. And I think if you're approaching someone, you're asking them for money, basically, um, you've got to be professional about it and you've got to be organized and just, and, and say, look, this is, um, this is what we're all about. This is what we're, we're after. This is why we think, you know, this could be a good partnership for, for both of us. Um, and, and if you take that approach, I mean, it doesn't mean they're always going to say yes, but, um, you've got to show, you've got to show you mean business, you know, you've got mm. to be, um, professional about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess I got talking a bit about your sponsorship that you have set up with, with Sportsmate Mobile, which great looking site and great looking apps as well. So um, mm. you can get a little extra plug there, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. um, how has that worked as far as, have you done some sort of unique partnerships with that kind of thing or, or sort of your straightforward, you know, this episode is brought to you by so-and-so and. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I was, we were thinking about doing something a bit, um, bit different for this season, but you know, it never really eventuated. And then I moved and um, that's kind of thrown my whole schedule out um, a little bit, but um yeah, it's pretty standard. Um, look, I don't ask a lot for them. I just ask for enough to cover my hosting fees. I said that's really all I'm after because um, that's, I mean, I've got I had my gear fit for years now. So my only ongoing expense is the hosting. So um, it covers that, which is great. Um, I said, look, I just want a flat fee. Um, they're like, sure. 
I could probably get more out of them, to be honest, but um, that's not what I'm about. And, uh, and you know, they were cool with that. And uh, yeah, they're, they're really good. So, and the good thing about it is that it's something that, um, that I use. I was using the app long before um, I even approached them. And, uh, and it's direct, directly related to, to A-League fans. If you're a fan of the league, you're listening to the show, um, you're going to be a fan of the app. And uh, good, luckily, luckily for them, they, the apps um, are some of the best out there. There aren't many available for the A-League. Um, there aren't many good ones available and theirs is basically the best. So, uh, and their app's free. So I'm plugging something that I use, which is um, relatable to the audience. And I'm not saying, hey, go and you know, pay for, for this app it's, uh, that you don't even that you're not sure if you even want, but it's something that's free. There's no risk there for them. Um, and basically within the app, they have uh, some advertising, things like that. So that's basically how they cover their costs. Um, they do it pretty well, actually. It's, it's done um, pretty smoothly. It's not, they're not, the ads aren't in your, in your face. It's kind of um, all works, you know, pretty well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of just, uh, just throw that out there each, each show to say, Hey, this, we're, we're supported by these guys. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, uh, I think um, either sometimes podcasters make it kind of complicate things too much by trying to overthink this and, and get, you know, mm. businesses that aren't really connected, but yeah, going, playing to your strengths and going for the easy ask in a sense, not that it's easy to convince somebody, but like the, where there is an obvious connection like that and trying to think a little more directly like that can certainly help. And, uh, and like you said, that's, that's kind of what I do too, is I look through the apps that I use or the services I use and just start there. Cause it's going to be way easier to talk really um, enthusiastically and positively about apps or services that you yourself already use rather than trying to go mm. outside your comfort zone, I guess, especially if it's sort of one of your first sponsor reads or asks or whatever. So um, exactly. Yeah. So in getting to uh, some of your, your, your kit, as they say in Australia, you, the gear <laughs> that you use, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned you had a portable kit um, and, and presumably that means there's also a, a non-portable kit maybe, but <laughs> what, uh, yeah. what are you using for mics and, and stuff like that that you take around? Yep. So uh, the microphone I use is the, the Rode uh, Procaster, um, which, is, uh, which is excellent. It's a dynamic mic, um, really great sound. Um, yeah, I love it. It's, um, it's pretty good. And I use that with a, uh, an Allen and Heath, uh, mixer, um, the, uh, the Z14. Um, it's probably, it's probably more than I actually need, but, um, when I bought the, the mixer, I thought, you know, look, I'm going to get something with uh, a few extra channels on it. Um, and if I need it in the future, then I've got it. Um, I don't want, uh, you know, beginner podcasters that may be listening to think that, Oh, I need to go and get this uh, this massive mixer or anything like that. But um, as I said earlier, I studied um, audio engineering, and I kind of thought, you know, maybe one day I might, you know, record some some bands or something like that, you know, friends bands or whatever. Um, so I kind of I wanted that option basically. So um, it's it's more than I need, but um, but it does the job. It has everything on it that I need. So um, yeah, I, I like it. Um, so I use the the microphone with a um, the Rode Boom Arm, the PS One, um, which is pretty good. Um, and just a generic uh, shock mount as well. Um, so that's that's my basically my, my setup. It's pretty simple, um, but it gets gets the job done, and it's you know pretty good sound. So I'm happy with that. And um, with my portable kit, I use uh, two uh, Shure uh, SM58s uh, with a uh, Tascam DR100 uh, digital portable recorder. So um, again, that's pretty simple as well. I just take my bag along with all my stuff, and if I'm going to chat to someone, just 
sit down, set it up and it's done in, you know, five minutes and, um, yeah, pretty good. Gets, gets good, clean audio. Um, that's the other thing I also use as well is the, um, uh, the Triton audio fed head with my, um, my mic. So, um, the, the preamps on, uh, on the mixer are pretty good, but, um, I guess the, I just wanted to try it out. So it was only a hundred bucks. So I thought I'll, I'll get one and see what it's like. And, um, it's, it does the job. It gets, you know, pretty clean audio. Like I said, the, the preamps on the, the mixer are, are decent, but that just kind of gets you a little bit, um, better sound. So, um, it's a, uh, inline preamp, uh, that's, you know, attaches to the microphone. So, yeah, um, the, I was just going to interject for a second. The, the, the fed head yeah. is something I've heard of from other, a few other folks, but if you haven't ever heard of it and you have something like the, um, well, either a mixer or whatever that doesn't have a great preamp, um, or something or a mic, like I have like the Heil PR 40 or whatever that, um, needs more gain than, than most mixers have. I, I don't have one of the fed heads, but that's generally something that's recommended. And I'm probably should pick one mm. up, but because right now my gain is cranked to like the max almost to 11, as they say in smile. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, uh, something like the fed head, it's what's nice about it. I find, um, I'm torn between the hundred dollar fed head and saving to the, whatever it'll be $300, dbx 286s preamp but uh mm. the fathead is nice because it's just a little inline thing it just makes your cable almost look a little you know like whatever that is six inches longer or something yeah. and, and there's nothing to sort of sit on the desk or anything like that it's just simple so exactly yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty simple and yeah like i said it gets the job done it gets that you know that um that signal just a little bit cleaner um and you don't have to crack the gain so much so yeah i'm happy with it it does the job Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to going back to the DR100 task and DR100 is now the that's just discontinued, I guess. But the DR100 Mark II, I guess, is the current model, but probably fairly similar. Um, and do you find basically do you even bring like mic stands along, or you just sort of handheld it, give your guest the mic and and just sort of do it that way, or do you have little stands? Yeah. Along? No, well the yeah the, the SM58s are all handheld, so um, yeah, I'll just plug in the. The, the cable and I uh, hand the, my guest a microphone and I have one and yeah, we just sit down and have a chat. That's, that's basically it. It's really easy. So, um, and you get, you know, good quality audio with that. So, um, it's, uh, it's not the cheapest setup. Obviously you could probably do it a bit cheaper, but, um, you know, those SM58s are, are great mics, great portable mics, really, um, sturdy and they're just, you know, the, the workhorse of uh, the industry basically. So, um, yeah, no complaints really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to have, uh, something like that, that you're not afraid to, it's like what, you know, like a, a rock band would use as well on stage. So it gets yeah. dropped or kicked or, or be yeah, dropped exactly. on it or whatever. And they take a, take a good <laughs> kick. And so, uh, listeners of the show will know I'm, I'm sort of fascinated. I don't have a portable recorder and I have been long tempting myself to get one, although I don't really have a practical use for it because, 99% of the guests I talk to are remote and not even physically anywhere nearby, but, <laughs> but, uh, mm. using that kind of, um, what I often wonder using something like that DR 100, um, is it odd to sort of not have say the sort of physical computer, I guess it's not physical, it's digital, but like the computer in front of you that you can quickly, <laughs> you know, edit, go back, change, you know, that kind of stuff that it feels like a bit of a loss of control to me, but maybe I'm just, um, overthinking it. No, you you're right in in the way that um you know you don't see the waveform recording in front of you uh, on a screen um yeah you kind of it it kind of takes you out of that um that mode when you are sitting behind a computer and you got your mixer and you got everything you're in your, I guess your, your comfort zone really 
Um, but when you're on the on the road and on the go, um, I guess I've just gotten used to it, and I, I know that everything's you know generally pretty reliable. Um, and if there's any mistakes, it's, it's probably user user error. So um, <laughs> I've only had uh, one of those occasions, but um, yeah, it, it does it does the job. It works really well, and um, I'm not uh, I'm not. Uh, that an experience anymore i've used it quite a bit so once you get used to that kind of gear um you just kind of roll with it but um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really good i really like it and um it's i could just chuck it all in a bag you know yeah and just and just go so it's it's great it works really well yeah and that's awesome because that's that's to me what's really appealing just the way you described it of you know like you said with the sure mics and and a couple of cables obviously and uh maybe a pair of headphones i don't know if you, if you monitor while you're listening or, or not but or i do yeah yeah um and, and away you go and you got it ready to go. There's no, no worry about, does it, uh, the battery is charged, rechargeable battery or plug it in, I guess, I assume. Uh, yeah, it takes rechargeable batteries and also, um, you can chuck in a couple of extras as well, I think. So a couple of yeah. double A's. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I haven't really found, I mean, if you're, if you're using, um, phantom power, if you, if you have a, um, a condenser mic that's going to you know burn the battery quite a bit but um other than that it it, it one runs pretty well yeah i haven't had too many issues with uh, with battery but i always take a spare with me anyway as, as you always should um <laughs> yeah. and most of the time i'm only recording for maximum an hour really um if anything so yeah it, it's it's fine and then it records just onto sd card or memory card of some sort that you dump back into your yep. computer when you're back at back at your home studio or whatever. That's it. And you put it, you, you know, plug your, your cord in and your USB cord in and hopefully that's, uh, that file is there and it records okay. And, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's too easy. It's, it's really simple. I mean, it, if you've never used that kind of gear before, um, it may take a bit of practice and, um, you know, make sure you got your levels right and, uh, and just kind of working it all out. And, you know, with any kind of gear, you should always practice, um, before you do anything real, I think. So, um, if anyone's looking to invest in some portable gear like that, um, just walk around the house and record stuff or, you know, walk around the street or with, go to your friend's place and, and record a conversation and just practice and practice. And the more you use that kind of gear, the more comfortable you'll be with it. Same with anything. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, that's great advice too. That and and probably if there's a manual of some sort, maybe peeking peeking at it more than once occasionally to figure figure out what the buttons. Yeah, yeah. If you're to. a beginner, for sure, it's, yeah. it's always good to um. <laughs> you know, you've got to be familiar with your gear. That's that's the main thing. Um, you've got to be familiar with uh, everything that it does and um and know kind of where you stand and yeah. Yeah, and uh, so when you're um getting back to your studio or, or home or whatever when you do, you're doing the editing, what are you using to edit with software wise? So I edit with Pro Tools. Um, that's what I was basically trained on uh, when I did my uh, audio engineering course. So um, it's uh, it's great. I love Pro Tools. I use that every day in my my job now as well. Um, obviously, very powerful. It's you know professional software, um, and I know all the shortcuts. So I'm very familiar with it. So um, that's the easiest thing for me. Um, obviously, for a lot of podcasters, that's you know a bit of a bit of overkill. But um, but for me it's perfect, and I record in Logic, so uh, Logic Pro, which is um, again a uh, bit of a higher higher level uh, software. But um, you know, again, it does the job, and yeah, I, I it's it's it suits my workflow. So, so to clarify something then, I guess, because you're you're recording in Pro Tools, but then editing. No, other way around. Sorry, you're Re- yeah yeah <laughs> record in Logic, but then edit in Pro yep. Tools. 
Yep, that's correct. So, so how come you wouldn't um, just record in Pro Tools or is there something I'm missing there? So with Pro Tools, um, it's Pro Tools is is uh, one of the downsides to it. Um, the company, well, formerly Digi Design, it's now Avid um, that uh, that own Pro Tools. They, um, I think it's actually, yeah, it's different with newer versions now, but with the older versions, which I'm still running because I haven't updated my uh, my MacBook um, for several years, um, the old software it required hardware to to run basically. So what I've got um, when I uh, when I edit is a uh, something called a, an Mbox, um, and that is basically um, just the hardware which uh, which talks to to uh, the software. So um, that has a, a mic preamp as well, so you can record with one mic. But what that doesn't allow me to do um, is actually have a, you know, feed in a Skype call and, and things like that. So, um, in terms of ease of, uh, recording that way, um, with, with Skype calls and things, the mixer is, uh, is what I prefer. And, you know, that's, that's actually, um, actually gets it done. But, um, then, uh, so yeah, it's just easier to, to use with, uh, with recording into straight into, um, into the Mac via the, the mixer and, um, then, exporting all that and then editing uh, in Pro Tools, which is um, easier for me. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit tricky um, in that regard. It's, it's, that's one of the downsides to, to Pro Tools. But um, if you had a better setup, I guess you could probably do it um, yeah, the it's, other way I mean, around. But. Yeah, using the tools that you're, you're familiar with. And obviously, if your day job is working in Pro Tools, it's going to be, or yeah, it's yeah. going to be much easier to just use that rather than, and I remember that that was a common critique sort of amongst especially amateurs like podcasters tend to be of pro tools in the past was that you have to have the you have to buy their special gear and their software and that's the only mm. way you could make it work or whatever but yeah they have gotten yeah. a little better than about that in recent years i think i think yeah is- the latest yeah the last two versions i think you don't need hardware uh, for pro tools to run so you can just edit um but then yeah if you wanted to record directly into pro tools then you need the the hardware as well so Right. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Mixler. I noticed you've got the link anyways yeah. on your site. Is that something you're using yeah. actively still for the show? I've used it once. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went okay. Uh, live shows are something that I want to do more of, um, but it requires a certain um, a certain type and a certain amount of preparation. Um, and it's something, yeah, that I don't have the luxury of doing all the time. And also, if you want to, you know, try and, um, you know, attract a, a listening audience, and it's not the not the be all and end all but um you want to get a few people listening and and have that live experience and that live interaction um you kind of want to make it worth their while so the last time i or the first the only time i did a, a live show um was uh in pre-season last year we had the um the a-league all-star game and um that was kind of a you know a bit of a tv event kind of thing so basically i had uh uh, a friend of mine who I've known uh, for years online, basically, um, he writes a bit about the league and things like that. Um, we jumped on uh, for for a live show, um, had a bit of a chat about you know the news at the time during uh, the off season and what was going on, um, and then kind of did a you know a pre match show basically and talked about the game and and all that leading up to kickoff. So it was about an hour long. Um, it worked pretty well. Um, few glitches here and there, and a uh, bit of a slow start, but. Uh, that's something I definitely want to do more often for mainly for kind of uh, bigger events. So um, maybe for the, the league, uh, the final, um, where it's a, you know, a big game uh, on match day, maybe have a show in the morning before the game or something like that. And, um, you know, maybe even get some calls on uh, to call into the show if I, if I can. So 
Um, that's an experience that I definitely, definitely want to try and do. Um, but uh, but as for Mixlo, it's uh, it's great. Um, another another example of being trying to get familiar with the the software and then how it all works. And you know, everyone's set up with their mixer and um, whatever they're using is going to be it's going to be different. So you kind of have to kind of balance things out a little bit. But um, yeah, it's a really cool service. You can record for uh, up to an hour on a free account, which is excellent. That's all I need, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you pay five bucks a month, you get three hours, and then um, the, the pro levels above that, which is uh, a lot more if, you, if you're doing uh, regular stuff. But it's uh, it's audio only. But some um, really quality broadcast. I found there was a few delays because it, it actually allows you to um, you can record on the mixer end. So this, the the website of the, the the software will actually record um, your broadcast for you. But I found that there was some delay in that and it didn't really record uh, that cleanly. So um, you should probably always be recording locally as well, um, which I wasn't doing that first time because uh, I just wanted to make sure everything ran smoothly and didn't crash. So I was trying to keep uh, keep my computer running as smoothly as possible and wasn't recording on my end. Um, but then I, you know, edited that that show um, that recording down and um, kind of tidied it up and and put that into the podcast feed as well. So. Nice. And that's, yeah, that's, I was, I just, I'd heard of it years ago, or not years, I don't know how long ago exactly, but heard of it a while ago and uh, I wasn't sure how well it would play with, you know, yeah, that need to sort of want to have your own copy of it besides whatever Mixler themselves might create for you. Because I, I would guess, if nothing else, your own audio would be better, obviously, if you record it locally rather than relying on them to record it somewhere in the cloud. So, um, yeah, but it looks, looks neat and definitely, yeah, for, for trying out live streaming, um, certainly can't be beat with free <laughs> that's uh yeah no exactly certainly. it's yeah it's worth it's worth having a shot um and seeing what you think about it and um and it's high quality audio as well um the broadcast quality is uh when you're listening is is generally pretty good so um i've had a, a bit of a browse on some uh, some accounts on there and um yeah it's it, it works really well and the fact they are offering it for free and it just shows you that you know that's uh they really they want to get people in and get people using it, but um, if you want to do more of that stuff, you know, five bucks a month um, for it, you know, three hours is, is pretty decent. So um, yeah, I reckon you could people should just jump in and, and have a go and, and see what they think. Um, as I said, I'd love to do more of that, but it's more about opportunity for me and um, having the right the right time to to do a live show. Um, I've kind of thought about um, doing my live show uh, that I record each week. Uh, doing that live, um, just as a means of, I guess, kind of getting it all done in, in one go, but um, to save on on time. But uh, mm. yeah, that's that would require a lot more preparation, I think. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, prep is um, is something that um, that I do stress when people ask me, you know, how I do my show and that. Um, I spend just as amount, as much time doing uh, pre production preparation as I do in post. So. Um, if you want your show to, to, you know, flow really smoothly and, um, have everything organized and what you're talking about or whatever it may be, uh, with your show, then, um, yeah, you, you've got to spend some time on, um, getting your show notes down, um, and, uh, making sure you're, you're, you know, on the ball. Mm-hmm. And especially I would guess, um, it's one thing to do say, uh, I mean, I guess like an Apple podcast or whatever, where you're talking about laptops or something. And, but when you're talking sports mm-hmm. stuff, you want to sort of know, you know, stats and scores and, and news and stuff very specifically and make sure you get, you're mm. reporting on, <laughs> on the right stuff. Um, any yeah. tips as far as th- that prep, the side of things like uh, tools you use, uh, app you use maybe to, re- to 
put your show stuff, show notes together or uh, yep. anything like that? Yeah, I use, uh, use Google Docs. Um, as everyone kind of knows, it's one of the best uh, uh, systems out there for um, you know, sh- sharing files and things like that. Um, I don't use that as much anymore in terms of sharing stuff because when I was doing it with, uh, with two co-hosts, we were, um, we were uh, collaborating that way. Um, but I still, I still use it um, you know, regularly. And um, yeah, I, just, I make sure that I've got everything set before I record. So um, I'll, basically how I work is I like to... Um, I kind of I do part uh, scripting and then part ad lib. So basically, with the show, I have an introduction um, and a monologue where I talk about I you know introduce the show, um, talk about the news stories from that week, um, and then go into the first interview. So that's yeah, part scripted, part uh, ad lib. So um, I kind of have all that prepared as well. I have uh, you know notes about what's happened during the week, all the news stories. Um, and then I have, you know, the, uh, the Sportsmate app in front of me as well with all the, the stats and, and everything, which, uh, which is handy. So um, that's basically, yeah, that's basically how it works. So it's, it's, it's simple, but I have everything in front of me that I need for the show. Um, and with interviews as well, um, they are also partly scripted and partly uh, ad-lib. So, um, but the way, the way that I've been trained with when I've studied radio and uh, now in my job, um, when you, the parts you do script or any questions that you do script, you write them in a way that um, that are conversational, so it doesn't sound like you're reading off a you know screen or a piece of paper. Um, you are structuring them that way that um, yeah you write them as you would speak them. So um, it's uh, it, w- it works really well for me and it flows really well. And um, you know if I have a, a question off the top top off the top of my head, I'll definitely uh, throw that in there and. Um, with the the you know more regular guests that I have on the show, where we've got you know a bit of a camaraderie now, and uh, having known them for a little bit, um, yeah, we definitely kind of shoot the breeze a little bit sometimes. Um, but for the most part, making sure that I'm staying on track, that I've got everything down that I want to talk about, um, is is a good way to go. So you know, I always know what the next question is going to be. Right. <laughs> As I'm scrambling to make sure I have a proper question so that it doesn't fall <laughs> with dead silence. No. But uh, which uh, that's what I wanted to actually ask you about is uh, as you've been, you know, a bit more trained than maybe some, a lot of podcasters, I would guess a lot of us are doing this as a hobby and, and just kind of stumble our way into it and figuring things out as we mm. go, which there's nothing wrong with that. But um, as you listen to other oh, I started, shows. I started slowly as well. Yeah. <laughs> I must say I, uh, I've gone back to listen to some of the first episodes I did for this show, and uh, man, there's a massive difference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even back then, I wasn't uh, wasn't as trained, but um, now with my job and just kind of doing the show for so long now, for a couple of years now, I've I've um, yeah, I've gotten better. So <laughs> yeah, which sorry, what was your question? Well, yeah, I was gonna that I was gonna say maybe another point to that is uh, often if you're thinking about getting started in podcasting, you're listening to this episode as your first one, maybe or, or whatever, or maybe episode sixty something of of James's show. And you're thinking, okay, well, I have to do that. Just remember that, like, even episode one of Show Me Your Mic of this show wasn't my first podcast either. And not saying that I, there's lots to learn and lots to get better at for sure. But uh, yeah, don't compare your, your episode one to someone else's episode 70 or whatever and think that, oh, shoot, I'm so far away from that or something. Because yeah, it, doing this week after week, you certainly get built in uh, a familiarity and a comfort with. Uh, well, just like you and I are talking for the very first time, obviously, and 
it's not necessarily like um, whatever a BBC level inter- interview, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, definitely worlds better than what I would have done back on episode one. I think talking to a complete stranger. Um, yeah. But I was going to ask you about your your engineering audio engineering training and stuff. And as you listen to shows and stuff, is there things you hear that are kind of like in maybe in broad strokes as I smack my mic here <laughs> as I'm talking, but uh, things that people kind of do or that you think could help maybe, or I'm not sure if there's a applicable sort of uh, avenue of, of the way to talk about that, but um, either audio production wise or interview style wise or things like that. Um, I think most people that uh, kind of jump into podcasting don't have an idea of, I've never, you know, done any uh, editing or production or anything like that. So I think it's really, if you're a beginner, it's just about um, practicing those things, learning as much as you can, reading as much as you can. You know, there's so much free information out there these days um, just about podcasting in general. So um, yeah, do as much research as you can. If you can't afford to get someone else to, you know, pay someone to, to edit your shows, to produce your shows, then uh, then go for it. But uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm very critical when I listen to other shows. Um, I always listen back to my own uh, obviously when I'm editing as well and um, kind of, uh, I guess a radio term is air check, you air check yourself. So um, I'm always listening for those kind of things. And I'm, yeah, I guess I'm critical of other shows that, you know, of their, their audio quality and things like that. And I'm always saying, oh, no, don't like this, don't like that. Um, but that's just me being an audio nerd anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I guess... Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I put you on the spot because I, yeah, I was just I yeah. wasn't sure. I know sometimes it's, I think often we get, uh, you sort of get, or especially I know in other areas of, of work that I do where I'm trained more and I kind of forget what it's like to be a beginner. It's hard to sort of dis- That's it. I mean, disconnect I'm, yourself just, from it that you're, you're so far yeah, into it. Almost. So many things I do. Yeah, so many things Definitely. I do automatically now. Like editing is just such a, a smooth process for me. Um, there's certain, you know, certain techniques that I use um, just automatic. That's just what I, what I, what I've been trained in and what I, what I do automatically. So mm-hmm. it's like when you're showing something, um, to someone for the first time to how to, you know, how to do something. Um, and you was like, Oh, just do this, do that. And they were like, hang on a minute, you know, go back and how did you do this again? And then what was that? And you're like, Oh, I, some things I can't even tell people what I do because, um, it's just so, you know, uh, natural to me. It's so, uh, automatic. It just comes, uh, automatically after doing it for so long. It's just kind of, uh, this uh, normal thing. So yeah, I mean, my main, with my show, when I edit, um, obviously trying to make sure that all edits are, you know, clean and smooth. Um, I, I just do basically a a general compression on the show. Um, A lot of people will go, you know, you hear people talking about, you know, things, programs like Levelator and all those kind of things. Um, But uh, Pro Tools is pretty good with uh, what it gives you. Um, I just, yeah, just add some general compression to the overall mix and that's, that's about it. If you, if you're, if your recording is, um, is pretty decent in the, in the first place, which, you know, you always should try and aim for, um, you shouldn't have to do too much in post to, to really clean things up. Um, when I do get some, you know, noisy Skype calls and things like that, um, you know, I'll try and clean those up a bit, uh, and edit the, you know, when, uh, when I'm not talking, um, or sorry, when I am talking, I'll edit out their, um, uh, this end of the, the call. So it's as clean as possible. Um, but that's, again, that's something that's, that I just do automatically, you know, it's just, uh, it's a standard for me. So, um, in terms of advice, I guess it's 
you know, make it make it sound if it sounds good to you, it's probably going to sound, you know, half decent at least to the listener. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good place to start. And especially if you um what was the term you used in, in radio for listening to your own air check? Is that what you said? Uh, air, air checking. Yeah. yeah, air checks. So, um, you know, uh something that's done quite regularly for for on-air um people, you get your your program director um come and sit with you and say let's listen to, you know, your last shift or um, your last show or, or whatever and um, and they'll critique you and they'll say you did this right or you did this um, you could do this better or things like that and yeah I think you should always listen back to to your own show whether that's you know obviously while you're editing and um, and after that as well that's that's the other important thing is um, listen to your show uh, you know in your your, your iPod or your, your iPhone or um, with your earbuds listen to it in the car listen to it in uh, in various places um, you know where listeners would be listening listen to it as as they would be hearing it um and then critique critique it that way and say you know does it sound good good in in all different areas um and one thing in in audio production which is um which is done quite um quite frequently is listen to it on on really bad speakers if you can make um if you can make something sound good on terrible speakers then uh then it's going to sound you know even better on on quality speakers um there's a brand of of um of speakers, uh, I can't remember it now, but um, there's it's a it's one that you'll see in basically every production studio um, in in the world almost because uh, they're they're known for being average speakers, um, but they're in every studio because uh, if you're mixing something on that and they sound great, then uh, they're going to sound <laughs> excellent on uh, on high end speakers. So yeah, which uh, podcasters in some sense have it. Well, I guess I sh- I'm sure it's very similar to what like a music producer or talk radio or whatever you're you're dealing with so many different possible places that your thing could be heard a phone that has little yeah, tinny speakers yeah. to someone that has like this audiophile you know hundred thousand dollar stereo or whatever and, and anything in between so um but that's i think that's great advice that people don't even maybe sometimes don't think to do or don't want to do is is listen to themselves and i struggle with this just hearing myself um but uh but yeah, yeah putting I, yourself on your own podcast player and hearing your whatever p- other podcast that you're sort of aspired to be like, maybe listen to the episode of that first and put on yours mm. and another one afterwards. So you can kind of hear the, either the difference or what might need to be changed. Cause that's going to be the same experience for your listener. They're going to listen to whatever twit, let's say twit, uh, big tech network here in, the, in North America, mm. listen to that show. That's really well produced. And then your show's coming on right after it and they might, they'll cut you some slack for sure. But if there's a huge disparity in say volume or, um, technique or quality and stuff then it'll stick out and so not that you have to be there right yeah. away but uh yeah no i will say um i don't enjoy listening to my own voice as you know <laughs> no one really does but um it's something that i've i'm just so used to now i'm just so used to doing it uh editing all these years and i'm uh, listening back and stuff so you do get used to it and you just get over it really um yeah so i it's um yeah it just becomes uh becomes a normal thing yeah. All right. Well, in uh, as I started earlier in wrapping up, the thing I like to ask folks who are on the show is podcasts that they listen to and uh, what app they listen to them on. Before I do that, if you want to grab your app player of choice and have it yeah. handy or whatever, I'm just going <laughs> to make mention of another way you can support uh, Show Me Your Mic, and that's by using a service called A Small Orange. They have, uh, they're have a web hosting company, and they have a simple vision, perfection perfecting <laughs> that's a good word to screw up <laughs> perfecting hosting while maintaining a homegrown feel with a focus on people their customers their employees and their community 
A small orange isn't like those big hosting conglomerates. They don't promise unlimited plans that are actually hindered by hidden limitations. Instead, you're only responsible for paying for the resources you need. Whether you're just starting your own blog or you're running a powerful e-commerce site, they have a plan for you. And uh, as I've mentioned before on the show, I have uh, I set up a quick site for myself on a small orange, which you can check out the screencast of that if you visit goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 76 in the little sponsor section. Watch the YouTube video there, as well as check out the link to A Small Orange. So, um, yeah, what shows, what podcasts do you find yourself listening to these days? I know you oh, mentioned, uh, I don't know if these are still currently, <laughs> Football Weekly and the MuggleCast, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, where to begin? So many. Um, this is also something that is not that common for, for most people. Um, being a, an audio nerd and a podcast nerd, I listen to lots of shows. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of soccer, uh, as I said, football weekly, massively popular. If you, if you're a big soccer fan, you probably already know that one. Um, a couple of others, uh, from the U S uh, soccer morning and best soccer show, um, really quality shows, highly quality shows, really good. Um, very well produced, um, great hosts. It's, uh, it's excellent. They get, you know, excellent guests, um, particularly soccer morning is a, a guess an inspiration for me. I think my show actually started before theirs did, but, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's done really well to a high standard. Um, Soccer Morning is actually a, a daily show and it's done live on, on YouTube. So again, that's another, uh, <laughs> a massive step up. But um, yeah, great shows to check out if you're, if you're a big soccer fan and you uh, haven't uh, heard of those ones. Um, and I guess I'll give you a quick rundown of uh, the shows I listen to regularly. Um, I guess I'll sub- subscribe to about 30 different shows nice. yeah. um but uh you know the the main ones listened to uh 99% invisible massive uh massively popular show but um love that one uh, about design uh stuff you should know uh w2 wtf uh good job brain is a, is a great uh, quiz show as well um song exploder uh if you're, if you're into music which is really cool they kind of break down uh different uh songs and um kind of give you a, a picture of um how how they're written and things like that um startup obviously a uh, you know new show which is uh, which is pretty popular love all that kind of stuff um and reply all as well from uh from those guys so yeah that's a i guess an overall picture of kind of what i listen to regularly um and a bunch of shows about podcasting as well yeah. <laughs> naturally so <laughs> you know podcasters roundtable obviously this show um podcaster studio as well ray does a, a good job with those um and uh, podcast method with uh, Dan Benjamin, which is um, which is pretty good. A lot of beginner stuff in there, a lot of beginner advice. But I uh, enjoy listening to that as well, just because you know I am a nerd and uh, with audio and all that. So um, yeah, I think I try and listen to those kind of shows regularly because I always learn something. Even though I've been doing this for a few years now, I do always learn something. You pick up little tips here and there, or just a different way of looking at things. So um, whether you're a beginner or you know a seasoned podcaster, it's um, it's always good to kind of, you know, listen to what other people are doing. Um, and you, you do pick up things along the way. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was for many years talking, I had the wrong mic technique, I guess, anyways, into with my, I had this, you know, high PR 40 expensive mic that I was mm. basically chewing on and shouldn't have been. And, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you can always learn something new. And, and I'm sure there's plenty of podcasters, audio nerds out there who are, who would have, you know, corrected me long a long time ago if they'd only seen it but i yeah you just you learn these things as you go um mm. 
yeah, it's a great great collection of shows and uh, and uh, cross section of, of stuff, especially having obviously a soccer or football interest in there. And uh, is there? I'm curious. Is there anything in within like sort of audio production? Like if you wanted to go that like like you said, like podcasters uh, studio is certainly um, would be in that vein of like talking audio luffs and, and decibels yeah, and things yeah. like is there stuff from your day job that there where there is like sort of good resources that folks could check out or is it kind of just morphing into everything's kind of podcasty audio stuff yeah i think i think that's it um i'm not sure really um in terms of learning about you know more in depth about audio production like just do your research there's tons of stuff online these days and uh as there is with everything so um yeah definitely check out those kind of shows but um just uh just read up i mean youtube's a good source as well there's there's lots of um lots of videos about people you know talking about editing and and different um different tips and things like that so mm -hmm. yeah i would just kind of do those uh that research i mean as for me i, I learned um you know all those these kind of skills uh in, in a course so right. um if it's something you want to i mean there's i'm sure there's some short courses out there um, or some online courses as well, if you want to get a bit more involved or learn a bit more uh, in depth, you know, about production and things. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, the the internet is uh, is your friend in that in that regard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let me Google that for you. Uh, what uh, <laughs> and what apps do you listen to podcasts on? Are you like a phone guy or, or on your laptop? Um, I'm mobile basically. Uh, so Pocket Cast, hands down. Uh, every time it's, uh, one of my most used apps, um, and love it. They, uh, recently did a, an update this week actually, um, which is, uh, made it even better. So <laughs> mainly a visual update, but, um, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's great. So definitely, uh, definitely the best, uh, podcast app out there for me. Um, I'm always listening to something, whether I'm, you know, doing shopping at the, you know, going to the shops or cooking dinner or, you know, I live by myself. So, um, I'm always listening to something, you know, when I'm, you know, doing housework or whatever it may be. So, um, exercise, all that kind of stuff. So I've always got earbuds in and I'm always, uh, listening to a new show, which, you know, I think you'd think I'd get through, uh, all this backlog of shows that I've got to, to listen to. <laughs> um, but even then I still don't cause I'm subscribed to so many, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pocket Cast, uh, great app. There's obviously a lot of apps out there these days, but I find it's um, it's one of the best, if not the best. And yeah, um, yeah. that's and that's Android. They had just had an update for. I'm assuming you're that's what you're you're talking that's, about. Android. Yes, yeah. yeah. I've got the uh, the Nexus Five is uh, what I'm on at the moment. Um, I have uh, I have uh, an iPad Mini as well, and it runs on that as well. I'm not sure if the updates live for that, but. Um, yeah, both versions are, are really good, um, really sleek and, you know, tailored to their uh, respective, uh, you know, operating systems. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, you can't really go wrong. It's 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 great. Yeah, and it's actually another, that's another Australian company there. So, it'll tie in. Chief Jelly, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and they've, they've been good uh, good supporters of good stuff and featuring a couple of our shows in their little podcast picker section of their, nice. their app and stuff. So, it's... Uh, which drives more traffic than you might think. I don't, maybe I'm mm. naive in thinking that. I've noticed, I have noticed that actually though. Yeah. So like it's, uh, you're, you're reaching people. Yeah. So, um, so very cool. All right. Well, um, in wrapping up, I guess, where can folks find you and, and follow you on the web these days? Um, so if you're, I guess if you're interested in, in soccer and, and that kind of thing, uh, a league show JP is my, uh, my, uh, Twitter account for the show. Uh, a league show.com is the, the show's website. 
Um, and also the the show's handle is A-League Show. Um, and that's basically for, for all our social media. It's uh, I've made it uh, purposely uh, made that really simple. So, you know, facebook.com slash A-League Show, twitter.com slash A-League Show. Um, it's all kind of very uh, straightforward. So I like that um, about the handle that it's, um, you know, it's the same for basically every uh, social media account that we have. Um, yeah. And uh, that's that's basically it. So Nice. Cool. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. I know this is a uh, well early Saturday morning, earlier Saturday morning for you, and uh, late Friday afternoon for me. But uh, it's always good to make accommodations, especially for our international guests, listeners. Um, and uh, you can find all the links to the stuff we discussed here on the show at goodstuff.fm/smym/seventy-six. My thanks, of course, to Campaign Monitor and to you if you visit a small orange for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. And if you'd like to support Show Me Your Mic and podcasting efforts, my podcasting efforts in general, not everybody's, but mine, you can uh, do so at Patreon, on my Patreon there at patreon.com slash iChris. Uh, good Stuff has its own Twitter account, of course, Good Stuff underscore FM. I am iChris on Twitter, and Show Me Your Mic has its own Twitter account, SMYM underscore FM. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, suggestions that maybe you don't want to give over Twitter, you can email me, chris at goodstuff.fm. And also on the show page, as I've mentioned before, uh, you can see the little sign-up link to uh, get on the show. Book book yourself on the show if you've got a podcast. I sort of say half-jokingly, as long as you've got like five, ten episodes out, we can talk about your show. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on. If none of the times work, as they didn't for James, because time zones being what they are and, and jobs and things, then uh, just send me an email and we'll figure something out. So... I think that's it for this episode. Uh, this will be a special episode, as I mentioned, uh, out this week, an extra one in the feed, and uh, back again on Tuesday morning. Usually record live, so if you're listening or want to listen live, like James mentioned earlier, talking about recording live, record live at goodstuff.fm slash live, and you can click the link to the schedule there if you want to find out when Show Me Your Mic is on, as well as all the other shows, all the great shows that we do at uh, Good Stuff. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye.